0: The Adventures
1: of Ellery Queen. For all you men and women in the armed forces of the United Nations, a rebroadcast of radio's thrilling mystery drama, The Adventures
0: of Ellery Queen. Now, here is Ernest Chappell to introduce the guests and the show. Ellery Queen invites you to match wits with him as he relates another story of a crime he alone unraveled. Before revealing the solution, he stops the play, gives you a chance to solve the mystery. Our guest armchair detectives for this evening are Miss Marjorie Lawrence, Metropolitan Opera star, and Mr. Beverly Kelly of the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey combined shows. And now, Ellery Queen, master detective and your host for
1: the next half hour. Thank you, Ernest Chapel, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, tonight we tell you the strange mystery of the ghost in the mountaintop cave. I call it the adventure of Dead Man's Cavern.
2: Hello. But, but Mr. Queen doesn't know anyone in Canoka, New York, operator.
1: Canoka, New York. Give me that phone, Mickey.
2: Why, the excitement, Mr. Queen.
1: Hello, operator, Ellery Queen. Put her on, please.
2: Put her on.
1: Hello, Grace?
3: Ellery, how's the
2: mastermind?
1: Uh, grand to hear your voice, darling.
2: Darling? What
1: are you doing at your Adirondack Lodge, Grace?
2: Touching my soul. How would you like
1: to join me this weekend? <laughs> it's a date. How about my gang, Dad Vili and my secretary? Well, i oh, really? sure I'll have a lodge full
3: anyway. Wait a minute, dear. I'll look up the
1: train schedule. You bet, darling. I'll hold on.
2: Ellery Queen, if you think I'm going to kick my heels around an Adirondack love nest while you and some shameless
1: woman—Grace, why, Nikki, she's Doctor Grace Grayson, probably the most famous living woman physicist, an old friend.
2: Oh, how old? About fifty, Nikki. Oh. Ellery. Yes. There's a 9:45 out of Grand
1: Central Saturday morning. I'll pick you and
2: your
3: folks up at Canoga Station. It'll be
1: fun. Grace, I don't like that laugh. What have you got up your sleeve?
3: Oh.
2: The fact is you can
1: help catch a murderer this weekend. I thought so.
2: Who is he? A
1: gentleman known as the Strangler. The Strangler? That sounds grim. How many people has he killed?
3: Twenty-nine at
1: last report. Well, see you Saturday. Strangler. I could strangle you, Grace bringing me along about catching a murderer who's been dead over 100 years. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me he's the ghost of a local legend?
2: Well, I wanted to excite your curiosity, Ellery. Uh, refill, Inspector Queen. Mind
1: if I do, Dr. Grayson. I'm getting plastered on this mountain there. So you got a ghost up here, huh, Doc?
2: Lives in a cave near this lodge, you said. Yes, called Dead Man's Cavern.
1: Your three other guests seem mighty interested in that haunted cave, Grace.
2: Mr. and Mrs. Gabriel and Ernest Withers. Well, I suppose I ought to warn you. Hector Gabriel and Ernest Withers are supernaturalists, spend their lives running down goats. Uh-oh. Going to join us on the porch, gentlemen. Oh,
3: Gabriel,
1: you're a gullible idiot. The way you were taken in by that ectoplasm trick in Seattle. You would have been fooled too, Withers. Oh, really? Remember how I exposed that crowd of fake mediums in
2: Nashville, Gabriel? But you were ready to tell the whole really? world. You annoy me. Sit oh, down, oh, boy. Oh, now that's right, the way of been with I those try try.
3: two
2: for 20 years, Ellery. Friendly enemies. Mr.
1: Gabriel, I'm told you have the largest and most valuable library of psychic works in the world. Yes, indeed, Mr. Queen. Eh, Withers? Uh, Lucky dog. You've got books I'd give my right arm for. Dr. Grayson tells us you two gentlemen are up here to investigate that haunted cave, Mr. Withers. That's right, Inspector. We're going to conduct a scientific experiment.
2: Now, see here, Hector Gabriel, I'll let you and Withers turn my lodge into a psychic laboratory, but don't drag the respectable name of science into it. Are there actually psychic manifestations, Grace? Oh, Lord, some lug in 1840 began strangling people in that cave, and ever since then, they've... What's that?
0: Sounds like a wolf or
3: something. Shh.
1: Listen. Like, that's the moan. Gabriel, the ghost sound. Now someone's screaming. That's no ghost. Sounds like my wife. Told her Miss Porter took a walk in the woods. and Here they come running. White, Mrs. Gabriel. Hold it,
3: oh, dear. Oh, Miss Oh, there, there,
2: there.
3: Mickey, what happened? i walked
2: in the woods, Inspector, when that, that ghastly moaning started from the direction of that cave. Mrs. Gabriel got frightened. to please. Don't you and Mr. Withers go near
1: that cave. It's haunted. I it. of that's what Withers and I came here for. Yes, Mrs. Gabriel, if those moans were made by a ghost, it's our duty to psychic science be. Now,
2: see here, those sounds are a natural phenomenon. Nothing ghostly about them. Then then, what made that noise, Dr. Grayson? My dear child, the cavern probably has a peculiar rock structure which causes it to catch the wind at the top of the mountain and then expel it with a moaning, sonic effect. There it is again.
1: sounds funny, eh? What do you think? I think, Dad, we'd better have a look at Dead Man's Cavern.
2: Grace, must we go through these woods to get to the cave? Yes, Ellery. No way of going around it. Sheer Cliff on either side.
1: I wonder why the moon stopped with us. Exasperating, Gabriel. Hold it, everybody
3: someone
1: coming. Sounds like a big,
2: heavy man. Wasn't the Strangler supposed to be big and heavy? Oh, nonsense, Sergeant. It must be Hank Pete. Oh, I was right. Hi, Hank. Hi, Professor.
0: You hear them moan from Dead Man's Cavern, too?
2: Yes, we're going to the cavern now. Hank, these are friends of mine. How do you do? Oh, yeah. How do you
0: do? All right, really, get moving. Uh, Strangler's getting pretty restless lately. Huh? Say, Daniel Boone, you don't believe in this ghost bunk, too. Man gets to believe in a lot of things, mister. Living alone up here in the hills. Just
1: what is the story of this strangler, Mr. Gabriel? Well, some mountaineer, Mr. Queen, over... Uh, Let me tell him, Gabriel. He lured wayfarers into the cave,
0: you see, and strangled them for their money. Nice fellow. What did he do with his victims' bodies? There's a natural opening in the rear wall of the cave. Like a window.
2: It overlooks a lake, Inspector. The same lake that's behind my lodge.
0: The strangler threw his victims out of that cave window into the
2: lake 50 feet below.
0: Never since, them folks he strangled keep a moaning like you all heard.
2: Oh, of all the suckertash hangs, the brute was finally caught and hanged.
0: It's the ghost of the strangler. Murdered one of his victims all over again. Well. Here we are. Right at the top of my mountain. Why, oh,
1: there's a clearing here between where the woods stop and the entrance to the cave. Hey, ain't that a wooden door covering the entrance to
2: the cave? <laughs> yes, Sergeant. Let's cross
0: the clearing. Don't, really.
2: Oh, oh, how come a door, Grace? Hank Pete knows more about it than I do.
0: Some city fellow a few years back put the door in, charged admission to see the haunted cave. <laughs> was his name P.T. Barnum? One night he was in here alone... The moon started. He lit out like a buck deer, and he ain't been seen since.
1: Good stout door. Let's go in. I uh, I think I'll stick right here by the entrance. <laughs> Sergeant, you'd never make a visit this. Or a psychic research worker, either. Uh, interesting cabin, eh, Mr. Queen? Yes, Mr. Gabriel, from what I can see of it in this gloom. Salad Rock. There the
2: roof. The roof is really the inside of the very crest of the mountain, Inspector. And there's the window in the rear wall.
1: Yes, this opening looks right out over the lake. Drop at 50 feet. What kind of experiment are you gentlemen intending to conduct here, Mr. Withers? Well, Gabriel and I plan to spend an entire 24 hours in this cave, Inspector Queen, from 6 tomorrow morning until 6 a.m. the following day. We'll take food, water, blankets, oil lamps, and a sound recording apparatus. We want to be in here when the morning begins. Very
2: scientific,
1: you see? Go ahead, jeer, you female philistine. Feeling. That you ain't coming in. Well, I, I, I got lonesome out there. Say, supposing you meet up with this ghost, don't you gents think you better pack a rod just in case?
0: If what's making them sounds could be shot, he'd be a dead ghost long ago. We're taking every precaution against the possibility that the moans are
1: caused by a human agency. We pick tomorrow for our vigil because the weather forecast for tonight is heavy rain. And the rain will soak down the loose earth of the clearing in front of the cave. Yes, get it so soft that anyone approaching the cave will have to leave footprints in the mud. Well, uh, let's go back, eh?
0: Mm-hmm. 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 But you
1: gentlemen will leave footprints when you cross the muddy clearing tomorrow morning. We'll cross it barefoot to identify our own prints. It
0: appears to me like you two fellows aim to tinker with trouble. My dear Pete, ghosts don't scare us. Uh,
1: Gabriel, you have that new lock we brought out?
0: Uh, yes, with us.
1: Ah... There. And the key remains in my pocket. Well, that's all until tomorrow morning at six. And if you want to see us off, you'll have to be up early. (laughs) We'll be up
3: early, Mr. Gabriel.
2: I'm sleepy, Ellery. Mrs. Gabriel and I had to double up last night, and she moaned all night long. Are the others following Mm us?
1: All except Hector Gabriel. I wonder where Gabriel is. He bunked with me last night, but when I woke up this morning, he was already gone.
2: He must be waiting for us at the cave. Well, look, Ellery. Is that the old woodsman Dr. Grayson mentioned last night?
1: Hank Pete. Oh, yes. Morning, Hank.
3: Up
1: up early to see Mr. Gabriel and Mr. Withers start
0: there watching the cave? Mr. Green. I just been over to the clearing at the edge of the woods, somebody's in that cave. The cave door is open.
2: What's that, Hank? Cave door open? Why, it can't be.
0: Gabriel and I put a new lock on it yesterday, and he has the only key. Come see for yourselves. It hmm. must be your husband, Mrs. Gabriel.
2: Well, I don't understand it, Sergeant. But weren't Mr. Gabriel and Mr. Willis to go into the cave together?
1: Yes, we were. Well, keep your shirt on, Mr. Willis. Take a look. Prints of a small man's bare feet.
2: And they go perfectly straight across the mud of the clearing to the cave door.
1: Just one city prince. In going. Why, he's tricked me. His word of honor, we'd go in together. His word of honor. I'm sure Hector wouldn't do anything dishonorable, Mr. Withers. Well, these are his footprints, aren't they? There couldn't be anyone else's
2: here. They're so small. Cheat. Mr. Withers, you're a dreadful man. Oh, it's probably a joke.
3: Hector Gabriel. Mr. Gabriel. Hey, Mr. Gabriel! Hector! Why don't you
1: answer? Something's wrong. Dad, I'm crossing this clearing alone. On the tour to keep out of the way of Gabriel's footprints. If you have to follow me, the tour too. Right, son. Dad, Billy.
2: Coming, Henry. Come on, Billy.
3: I'm coming.
1: Something wrong, son? What is it, Maestro? Look. Gabriel. And the cave floor. With all his supplies around him dead. At about an hour, I'd say, since 5 a.m. Face contorted by a horrible fear. And no wonder. Look at his neck. He's been strangled. Well, son, I don't get it. Even these marks of strangulation are queer. You mean the upward-pointing thumb impressions at the back of Gabriel's neck? Yes. Why weren't the thumbprints in his windpipe? Oh, was that? It's Grace Grayson, Sergeant. You and Hank Peet didn't mess up Gabriel's footprints and crossing in the clearing, did you?
2: No, Ellery. We detoured, too. Poor Gabriel. I can't believe it yet. Hank, look at him.
0: Well, the ghost of the strangler. I told Will you... Will you stop jabbering about ghost, Daniel
2: Boone? You're scared.
0: Well, the lot
2: of you. <laughs> stop
0: it,
2: <laughs> Hank. Uh, what are we going to do? Poor Holder's in a state of collapse. Nicky's trying frantically to calm her down, and that man with us hasn't uttered a word since this happened. Who did it?
1: Come outside. I want to show you something. How son? Right, the only way Gabriel's murderer could have got into the cave was the way Gabriel got in, by crossing this muddy clearing. Well? Well, where are the killer's footprints? You didn't see no prints in this mud when we got here this morning except the ones of Gabriel's bare feet, did you?
2: I see. Obviously, the strangler entered the cave some other way. How,
1: oh, Grace. The only other opening into the cave is that natural window in the rear wall, which overlooks the lake. That opening is 50 feet above the lake at the top of a sheer cliff. The roof of the cave. Not a rope down. We've been up there. It's covered with smooth mud. And no human foot ever stepped on
2: it. And at the sides of the cave, it's sheer precipice, too. Oh, well, of course. The killer came here during the rain, which wiped out his prints. Lay in wait for Gabriel, who came when the rain had stopped. What happened
1: to the prince? the killer made leaving? That's not the important point, Dad. The killer couldn't have got into the cave before Gabriel, Grace. The door was locked with a new lock, and only Gabriel had the key, which is still on his person.
2: Then the killer used a grappling iron at the end of a strong line. You mean throw a line up from the lake, Grace? Yes. Someone stood in a boat on the lake below and threw up a grappling iron, which caught the window. Guess again, Dr. Grayson. An iron would
1: have left scratch marks in the sill of the rocky opening.
0: And there ain't no scratch marks. Then
1: how do you explain
0: it? You're wasting your time. Ghosts don't need grappling irons. And they don't leave footprints. Yes, Grace. Remarkable as it seems, it looks as
1: if Hank Pete is right. In the setup, Hector Gabriel could only have been strangled by a ghost.
2: this stuff. You've been crying a whole day and night. But but they took Hector away, Nicky. Why don't they let me go? I don't want to stay here. What's the inspector
1: I, up to? He keeps I, I, telephoning. What's going on, Hillary? uh Oh, I, I don't know, Grace. I'm still grappling with the problem of the strangler ghost.
3: Wait.
2: Oh. The moans from the cave again. Oh. Don't be silly, Nicky. It's the wind. The wind, is it? It's the ghost. The ghost you strangled Hector. They can't keep us all here to be murdered. I'm going.
1: Where are you going, Mrs. Gabriel? Well, oh, Dad. Billy, really shut that door and set you back against me. All right, Inspector. Ghosts, huh? Miss Gabriel, did I hear you say you were going somewhere?
2: Yes, Inspector. Home. And you can't stop me.
1: Miss Gabriel, I've done a lot of investigating by phone in the past 24 hours. One of the things I've discovered is that your husband was a rich man.
2: Hector, I... I suppose so, but... What I... is
1: it, Dad? I've had Gabriel's world check, Hillary. He leaves nearly his entire estate worth a couple of million dollars to his wife, Hulda.
2: You mean... You mean you think I killed
1: Hector? Your husband was almost 20 years older than you, Mrs. Gabriel. Oh. Yes, quite possible. Well, you're crazy. Next thing we know, you'll be accusing me of strangling Gabriel. Exactly what I had in mind, Mr. Withers. Wait, what? What do you mean, Inspector? You and Gabriel at each other's throats for over 20 years, Withers. Enemies. Why, we, we were friendly enemies. Also, we owned something you wanted bad, Mr. Withers. Gabriel's Library. The most valuable collection of books on psychic phenomena in the world. Right, son. One of the things I've found out in the past 24 hours is that Gabriel will his psychic library to Ernest Withers.
2: But that's so absurd, Inspector, to kill a man for possession of some books. You think so, Dr. Grayson? Maybe you'll agree that your motive was stronger. My motive? To kill Hector Gabriel?
1: Dad, Grace involved with Gabriel. He was his first wife.
2: Gabriel's first wife? Did you know that, Ellen?
1: No, I didn't, Nikki. Grace...
2: Surely you're joking, Inspector. Depends
1: on your sense of humor, Dr. Grayson. Fact is, Hector Gabriel ditched you to marry Elder. And you know what they say about a woman
2: scorned. So you think I killed Hector out of revenge for having thrown me over? I can see your point, Inspector. Only I didn't It's not any one of us. It was the ghost, I tell you. The ghost! Ah,
0: that ghost story is a lot of camouflage. Yes. One of
2: you three strangled
1: Gabriel in that cave. Only question is, which one? <gasps>
0: Who
2: would that be? Healy. See, See what right, he's No. No, no.
0: Please don't open it. Oh, it's just old Hank, the woodsman. What do you want, Beach? Thought you'd want to know. We'd want to know what, Hank? Right at the edge of the woods where you enter the trail from here, just a couple of yards from the lodge. There's a lot of loose stones. Them stones were slippery from the rain. Eh?
2: well. Eh?
0: Alongside them slippery stones is a couple small juniper bushes. They've been smashed flat. I figure it's how this fellow Gabriel slipped on them stones on his way to the cave yesterday morning and fell under them junipers. Heh.
1: Answer how bad it is. It
0: certainly is, Sergeant. In fact, it clears up the mystery.
1: What do you mean, Sen? I mean, Dad, that now I know the identity of the ghost of Dead Man's Cavern. have the mystery of Dead Man's Cavern. Have you an answer to it? Well, suppose you compare solutions with our guest armchair detective. Nicky, will you please introduce our guest?
2: Well, Ellery, our first guest tonight is Miss Marjorie Lawrence, famous Metropolitan Soprano. Stricken with infantile paralysis a couple of years ago, Miss Lawrence has fought against this dread affliction courageously and successfully, as evidenced by her recent triumph in the role of a soldier at the Met. Our second guest tonight is Mr. Beverly Kelly of the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey combined shows, or, as all America calls it, the circus, now playing at Madison Square Garden. Mr. Kelly has described the big top to millions over the radio and is well-known author of books and stories on circus life. All right, Ellie?
1: Thanks, (laughs) Nikki. Miss Lawrence, who strangled Gabriel?
2: Well, I don't think anyone strangled him. I think that... uh... He slipped and fell on those stones under the juniper bushes. Yes. I think the uh, moaning sounds uh, came from uh, natural means somehow, the wind through the rocks or something. Yes. So that's what I would say.
1: Oh, thank you, Miss Lauren. And now, Mr. Kelly, who do you think strangled Gabriel?
0: Well, Ellery, if those footprints outside the cave weren't so small, I think we could blame it on Gargantua. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: but, uh, I think I'm going to put my money on Gabriel's first wife and say that he fell from grace <laughs> well, thank you,
1: Mr. Kelly Well, how about it, gang? Think you've got the answer? The guests have had their say And Ellery Queen will tell you the solution in just a few moments So, to give you a little time to talk it over and make your guesses Here's music by Frank Duval and his orchestra Soliloquy Oh <laughs> lay the ghost. No ghost killed Hector Gabriel. The strangler's hands were human hands. They left human fingerprints deep in the flesh of Gabriel's neck and throat. Well, sure, that's right. Then those moans we heard must have been made by the wind through the cave like Dr. Grayson said. Right, Sergeant. Now, since the strangler had human hands, he also had human feet. And human feet leave prints in mud. The only footprints in the mud were Gabriel's.
2: One set. In going. I know. Gabriel choked in the woods and then staggered across the clearing alone to the cave to die.
1: Nicky, you yourself pointed out that the trail left by Gabriel's feet across the mud was perfectly straight. Men dying of strangulation don't walk in a straight line. No. When Gabriel crossed that clearing, unlocked the door, and entered the cave, he was perfectly well. So the murder was committed in the cave. And for the murderer to have choked Gabriel in the cave, he had to get there. Problem. How did the killer cross that muddy clearing without leaving footprints? And the more you think about it, the more obvious the answer gets. Well, what do you mean? He crossed it on Gabriel's back. Gabriel oh. Gabriel carried him. He... I, I know, Dad. Other theories are possible, but my theory can be backed up. What was the exact position of the strangler's thumbs on Gabriel's neck? The thumb marks pointed upwards in the back of Gabriel's neck. Which is possible only if at the time he committed his crime, the strangler was behind Gabriel strong confirmation that the strangler rode across that mud on Gabriel's back. And when Gabriel entered the cave, the person he was carrying began to choke him before even getting down. Oh, but Maestro, how'd the killer make Gabriel carry him? Important question, Sergeant. Grown men don't play piggyback at five o'clock of an Adirondack morning. One person carrying another suggests that the person being carried had to be carried. An injury? Yes, Dad. Hank Beats just told us he'd found a place in the trail where someone had slipped on loose, wet stones and fallen into some juniper bushes. Hank opined it was Gabriel, because he thought Gabriel was alone. But since we know Gabriel carried someone, isn't it evident that it wasn't Gabriel who slipped and fell, but his companion? Killer faked a timber, tended to twist his ankle or something, said he couldn't walk. Gabriel lugged him all the way through the woods to the cave. Exactly. And why? Deliberately to leave only one set of footprints in that mud. Gabriel's. To make us believe that the murder had been the work of a convenient strangler ghost of the haunted cave.
2: All right, all right. You've accounted for how the strangler got into the cave without leaving prints.
1: Yeah. But how'd he get out, maestro, without leaving him after Gabriel was dead? In the only way possible. Through that natural window in the cave wall. Wow. Yes, for while no one could have got into the cave through the opening in the cave wall, someone could have got out simply by diving out into the lake below. What well, who did all this, son? Huh? Dad, where did Hank say he found the crushed bushes? At the edge of the woods as you went to the train leaving Dr. Grayson's lodge. Yes, yes. In fact, Hank said it was only a few yards from the lodge, but observed. The killer pretends to injure himself a few lo- yards from the lodge. Yet Gabriel carried him all the way through the woods to the cave. Why? Why didn't Gabriel carry him back a few yards to the house? Wouldn't he have done that if, say, his companion had been his wife or Dr. Grayson, or, in fact, anyone except one person? What? One oh, person? There can be only one reason why Gabriel carried his companion all the way to the cave. And that was because he and the killer were bound for the cave. Because he and the killer were supposed to share the cave for the next 24 hours. Well, I'll forget Gabriel's companion, the man who got his victim up an hour earlier than planned on some trumped-up excuse. He wanted to kill Gabriel because he hated him for over 20 years, and because Gabriel had willed him his unique and valuable psychic library. That man could only have been Ernest Withers. And there you have the solution to the mystery. How did you G.I. detectives do... Did you have the right answer? Well, we have a few minutes remaining, so here's more music by Frank Duval and his orchestra, Dancing in the Dark. service.